Volunteer State. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Volquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. The number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon, featuring top-tier clean gasoline for peak performance. Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. By Farm Bureau Health Plans. When looking for health care coverage, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through the choices. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee Lacing. And by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation is also brought to you by... Sunday afternoon, a uh, windy, rainy Sunday morning, but got a little nicer as the day went on. Today, uh, Austin Price, I hope it's been a good time for you and the Price girls. It's the nation, and we do this every Sunday night, and we certainly appreciate you spending part of your Sunday evening with us. We're at the Texas Roadhouse, the Westtown Mall, Morrell Road location. Love to have you come by and join us. AP, did you have your grilled chicken tonight? I did. I did. A staple. A staple. Of course, whatever you, whatever you get here, grilled chicken, ribeye, it's all good. The Texas Roadhouse, and certainly thank our friends here for hosting us each and every Sunday night. All right, AP, balls off last week, an eventful week. Uh, news that was national, Tennessee uh, University Athletic Department taking pay cuts across the board. Um, coaches, ADs. Athletic department members, and it's obviously out there publicly now that eight of the ten assistant football coaches, all contract guys, guys under contract, just like me at ESPN, I'm a contract employee. You, you, you go for so long. They did not. Again, eight of the ten did not, chose not to, declined to take pay cuts. The only two that did agree to do so, T. Martin and Jay Graham, Philip Fulmer, also taking a pay cut. You go across all sports. Rick Barnes took a, a pay cut. Jeremy uh, Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt uh, took a pay cut. Of course, he had already said with his extension and raise before the season, he was going to forfeit the four hundred thousand dollars. His four his, his raise this year, so he did too. I know that's gotten a lot of attention nationally, locally. I've heard from donors, fans, former players. Most of it, as you might imagine, you know, people upset with it. Of course, there's, when you look at these type of things, and let's be honest, when you're losing, 
It's magnified. It's it absolutely. You stole my word. It's magnified. I, I, you know, Brent Hub said this when we did national radio uh, on, on Friday. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it, it, it. You know, everybody goes two and four. I don't think it matters. They could be six and zero, zero and six. I mean, the the look is bad. You know, and and and. And, and I think that's kind of the notion for everybody. Now, with that said, you know, I, I don't know what circumstances, you know, someone's household is. You know, Everybody's it, different. Everybody's different. And, and you know, it, that's up to each individual person that chose to, you know, either accept it or decline it. And, uh, you know, again, I, I can't speak personally for, you know, Chris Winkie or Joe Osaved or Brian Niedermeyer or Derek Ansley or Jim Chaney or any of those guys. Um, you know, as to why they did it. I mean, you know, nobody knows. Well, and there's two ways to look at it. I mean, if you're one of those guys who who decided not to take a pay cut, you got a contract, contract says what it says. As you said, we don't know what their situation is. They every day are coming to practice, coming to games. Uh, In some cases can't be around maybe elderly parents or people because they're putting themselves, you know, on the line with being around kids or whoever might potentially have COVID um, and you come to them and you've got a contract and you say, we need to take a pay cut. And you say, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. I mean, the other side of that is there's a lot of people out there, equipment managers, trainers, sports information directors, people in the recruiting office, operation, operation directors who aren't contract employees who are also around a lot of these people every day. They don't have a choice. Okay. Maybe somebody's making 65, 70, $75,000 a year has three or four kids, and they're asked, and not asked, but they have to take a pay cut. You can imagine looking at it from that vantage point. Again, I'm trying to sort of give both perspectives here, but if you're looking at it from that vantage point, it causes a lot of angst. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, ultimately, you know, each person was going to do what's best for his or her family. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you may agree with it, you may not. I know a lot of people don't. Um, you know, but again, you don't, you don't, until you've walked in someone else's shoes, you don't know what they're going through. And that's not to say that, you know, somebody that, as you just mentioned, that's an athletic trainer or equipment staff or whatever, isn't walking through those same shoes in their own life, that's you right. know, and they didn't have an option. So, um, you know, I, I, I get, you know, while it doesn't, while I agree with what Brent said, it doesn't matter whether they were two and four, four and two, six and oh, oh and six, um, it does make it more magnified. When you are uh, struggling and you've dropped four in a row, and it causes hey, I, I, it causes my, a divide within your athletic department. Well, I think it causes a divide within the staff, and here's why. I mean, you know, you got two guys that didn't, and eight guys that did. When that story came out Friday. I'm not so sure that the eight knew that the two did, and you you really wonder, you know, what's that staff meeting like today, tomorrow? You know, I mean, you know, in a team with a team that's dropped four in a row, you know, you, you want to try to find the best camaraderie and, and stuff as best you can. Then this happens, and all of a sudden it's another setback when you're trying to dig yourself out of the ditch, so to speak. And it's, listen, it's an embarrassing look for the university, period, across the board nationally. People pick up on stories like this. They look at it and they think, what, what's going on at Tennessee? Well, yeah, everybody's, what another PR nightmare. Everybody, it, it, it's easy to uh, throw another match, you know, when, when, it, when, when, the fire's, when the fire gets started. It's, it's, it's real easy to, to, to pick up on that and, and fire another match off. So, yeah, I mean. And sometimes you light your own match. Yeah, you do. I mean, I, 
Is there a better was was there a better way to go about this? Was there a better way? I, I don't know. I mean, I think all these questions, and I've been asking all these questions. I'm sure you have too. Was there a way potentially to avoid this, to finesse it in a better way? Because other schools and other coaches have taken pay cuts. Some have it. You know, some have it. And, and, and in a lot of cases, again, this is sort of another way to look at it. A lot of the schools that Tennessee's competing against, re- recruiting against, have not had to take pay cuts. And or, so, uh, but, not, but, what but, does that mean? I don't know, but it, it's a but fact. But some have furloughed. Some furloughed back in the summertime. And maybe that, and that's maybe that's a better way to do it. You, you just gave guys off a few weeks, a month, and they took furlough. You know, so it doesn't become as big a deal. But if you take if you take a thousand, if you step away from a thousand feet, okay, and you're not a Tennessee fan, alum, a booster, and you, you just step back a thousand feet and you look at this, it's a bad look. Period. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and so, you know, uh, again, that's something that Coach Pruitt, I'm sure, will get asked tomorrow when he meets with the media uh, for his Monday press conference to to kick off Auburn week, um, and that and that'll be a topic of discussion, you know, until Tennessee plays Saturday, and then. Either they'll win at Auburn and some of this will die down a little bit or they'll lose at Auburn and then it gets kind of ratcheted back up a lot. The nation is presented across the state of Tennessee each week by our friends at Mortgage Investors Group, the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. If you were planning to buy a home this year, you may be asking yourself, is it still a good time to buy? Is is it even possible? Rest assured that the real estate industry has not shut down. It's still possible to find, tour, finance, and even close on a home virtually anywhere. MIG is ready to help you get pre-qualified through a complete touch-free process. With the power of technology, MIG can help you with an end-to-end digital mortgage experience. Let Mortgage Investors Group experts help you get started on the path to home ownership today. If you're feeling stuck on where to go for mortgage advice, go to MIG's website, MIGonline.com, to chat with a licensed loan officer online and get moving today toward your home buying goals. As we said, the Vols go to the Plains this Saturday to take on an Auburn team like Tennessee uh, that was off, did not play. In fact, the SEC with four games postponed this past weekend. I think AP, in talking to some people around the league today, we're going to have at least one postponement this week. I think the, the, the team that's probably most in danger at this point of not being able to play again is Texas A&M. I think they're right on the border. And, and it's, it's the, sort of the same story for everybody. It's not so much positive tests. It's the quarantine. It's the contact tracing. In fact, they're talking to some people at A&M today. I think they had two positive, two players that were positive, and no new positives this week. They had Kellen Mond out though, but still they had <laughs> they had fourteen days of quarantine. Yeah, and that and that's always been the thing. Whether you you know, again, my wife's the the, the director of nursing for Anderson County, and it, it's always it, for her job and, and and for the kids in, in any of these school systems, whether it's Anderson or Knox or Severe or Blunt, it, it's always the contact tracing. It, it's the close contacts in the household where you're out twenty four days. It's it's the contact tracing where you're out a couple of weeks, um, more so than it is the positive tests, because you know at, at least from everything that I've been told and positive and, and experienced, the, the the number out for contact tracing always far outweighs the number actually out with the positive COVID test. Yeah, I've talked talk to one coach. In fact, I'm reading his text right now, head coach in the league, about the contact tracing. How frustrating it is that 
they've had some, a lot of kids that have been in that 14-day window of quarantine. And in many cases, most, all, just about all those kids have tested negative three or four, four times. times. And my question, though, is, is how can Nick Saban come back and coach? How can he test out but those kids can't? Because his test, his initial test was, was a positive. A, was, a rap, was one of those rapid antigen tests. Yes. Okay. He comes back the next day, does the PCR test, that's negative. Does another PTR, PCR test, it's negative. So he also was always asymptomatic. He never had any symptoms. So, therefore, he's able to get out of it. Now, if one of these kids' initial tests, but see, during the season, it's all SEC mandated. You test players and coaches, test on Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And if you test positive, they're all PCR tests. They're not rapid tests. Well, you know they changed the rule back in September. You know, the initial rule was once you test positive, you're good for three months. They changed that rule. Now everybody's basically good for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and but again, it's the contract. Everybody I talk to, every coach, every administrator, says the thing that's getting the, the, really the thing that wreaked havoc last week on all these schools that couldn't play was contact. Which is what, which is the thing that Jeremy complained about most back in the preseason when they had all those kids out and couldn't practice. It was not positive tests. It was the contact tracing, like Wanya Morris missing twenty-eight days out of a month. That's basically a month. Right. Which, which I mean, that really talk about stunning your development, your growth as a football player. You go that long and can't practice in the preseason. It's going to be hard to get started once you start playing games. I, uh, but I do think this week again that the team that's probably going to be the and again they may be able to play. I think we'll know more because remember today's the first day of testing. Yep. So you get the results back tomorrow, then you test again on Tuesday. I think we'll know more tomorrow, but A&M is the, the school that might be in the most peril. But they're the school that needs to play the most. Because Probably. Because they could backdoor into the playoff they sure could. with just the one loss to Alabama. But if they can't play this week, that means the most games they could play is eight games, which is which is the threshold. You've got to be able to play at least eight to be eligible for the SEC championship game. But in your scenario, let's say they don't even get in the, the uh, SEC championship game, it would be hard for them – at seven and one, only playing eight games, to override a conference champion that has played at least as many games, if not more, and backdoors, backdoor sneak, whatever verb you want to use, and get in the playoff as that fourth playoff team. All right, let's roll off. Let's let's work. Let's work off just hypotheticals here. Let's say you've got Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. So you got you got Clemson beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship game in the rematch. Yeah, actually I do, and then that means Notre Dame's going to be in. As right. The four so seed. Now, that's why I asked you. A and M's best chance is if Notre Dame wins the rematch. Exactly. And Clemson's got two losses to the same team. So then, so then let's look at the resume. So Clemson's got two losses to a Notre Dame team that would be unbeaten in the ACC champion. And A and M would be. Let's say they can't play this week, and they're seven and one with their only loss to an unbeaten number one seed Alabama. But they get the rest of them in. They should get the nine. Well, I'm saying that let's say they can't play this week. That would only be – they would have eight – they would have two games they missed. Yeah, but they're going to make the game up with Tennessee. On, right. You're saying the that they make it – okay, you're right. You're right. They, and technically, depending on – If they can. They can make it up on the 19th now that they pass that rule. That's right. That they're going to play a game – you know. So that would give them some more time. So, yeah, all right, so let's let's assume they do play nine, let's say nine games. I tell you what, before we assume, let's go to break. What happens when you assume? Well, 
We better not say that on the air. Yeah, we can't say that on the air. All right. This let's, th- let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss this further. Playoff possibilities, scenarios, and we will talk about Tennessee and Auburn as the Vols get ready to get back out on the field between the white lines and take on the Tigers in Jordan-Hare for the second time in Jeremy Pruitt's three years at the helm. We'll be back. You're listening to The Nation. Hello, friends. We're at Texas Roadhouse tonight. Uh, we are at the Westtown Mall location on Morrell Road. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service. Visit one of their 16 locations throughout the state of Tennessee. Do you hate to wait? Download the Texas Roadhouse mobile app and get your name added to the wait list before you arrive or order to go. Or text STEAK, S-T-E-A-K, to 68984 to become a Texas Roadhouse VIP. Enjoy information about specials and delicious gifts. Standard message and data rates apply. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs made from scratch sides and dressings, fresh baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. For more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. And now, in tough times like these, it's more important than ever that we look out for each other. For many of you impacted by recent events, we can help make sure you're protected with quality, affordable coverage that's right for you right now, so you're prepared for whatever lies ahead. Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. Trust your sight to the eye care team that keeps the Vols in focus. University eye specialists, from routine eye exams, glasses and contacts, to LASIK, cataracts and other surgical procedures, you can count on university eye specialists. With offices in Knoxville, Maryville and Morristown. Request an appointment today at universityeye.com. University eye specialists, proud to serve the UT Athletics Department since 1978. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make It Count Rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Take it to the house this season with Truly Hard Seltzer. Whether you're tailgating or home gating, Truly Lemonade Hard Seltzer is a refreshing mix of lemonade and hard seltzer that's perfect for game day excitement. If life gives you lemons, keep the good times going with Truly. So bring the flavor and your volunteer spirit to game day like only you can. We'll keep it light, crisp, and crushable. Truly Hard Seltzer. Live Truly. Proud supporter of Tennessee Athletics. Please drink responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, we welcome you back into The Nation. I'm Chris Lowe. He's Austin Price with the Texas Roadhouse on a Sunday night. It's going to be cold this week, AP, so I hope you got all your 
your golf in because it's going to be down oh. to the low 30s and even upper 20s. Stop depressing me. We, we, you know, but you can you can play. I think 55. Yeah, but once 54. once we, yeah, but yes, correct. But <laughs> once once we get a couple of good freezes in, then all that Bermuda here that stayed green all the way through the middle part of November, well, it goes brown, and brown then my up. desire to play golf goes out the window. So, thus. Uh, yeah, my, my golf for the year is probably done unless we head south somewhere. So let's pick up on our conversation. So we've got Notre Dame in. If they if they went out, obviously, they're going to be in. Bama as champion would, would be in. Uh, you know, the other good scenario is what happens if Bama wins out, plays in the SEC championship game. But loses to Florida. Or lo- and loses to Florida. And, and here, here's, here it gets even better. And A&M finishes 9-1. Having beaten Florida this year, and then Clemson beats Notre Dame. <laughs> Don't you love? That's what makes the playoff so much fun with four teams, is we can sit here with four or five weeks to play and come up with all these different scenarios. But of the teams, what well, normally plays itself out? It does. But of the teams that really, it's hard to see right now playing for a conference championship that probably has the the best chance to sort of sneak in would be A&M, which is why, to your point a minute ago, they need to play as many games as they can. They do. They need to play them all. I, you know, I think that the, the more they can play, the, the better. But I mean, if you can play them all and you're sitting there at 9-1, and one, you know, even if you got lost, you, you lost on the road, you know. So I, I I just think that, you know, ultimately, you know, and I think that's a big reason that they, they pushed not to play last weekend, you know. You, yeah. you, you didn't have Kellen Mond or you weren't going to have Kellen Mond. And that would have hurt them. So news around the league, a lot of chatter coming out of Columbia, South Carolina, that Will Muschamp may be done as South Carolina's coach. Just an awful loss. Not until they lost to Ole Miss and Lane, but to give up 700-plus yards and 59 points. I think the Gamecocks in the last three games have given up, what, 150-some points. Um, it really looks like that team right now is uh, sort of going through the motions. I don't know. Uh, if they're going to make a move with Muschamp, I would think it would be during the season. I would think it would be today. I can't imagine going deeper into this week and him still being the coach. And I think the other thing, if you look at it from this perspective, what do you accomplish right now by firing a guy? Unless you're hey, unless you're trying to get a beat on other schools. Let's say you're 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 eyeing a Hugh Freeze or a Billy Napier or somebody like that, and you think there's other schools that are going to make changes. And you would try to beat those schools with a punch. I guess that's a reason to do it. But that's certainly a, a uh, something to watch going forward around the SEC is what happens with Will Muschamp, Muschamp at South Carolina. Uh, as for Auburn, Tennessee's opponent this weekend, the Tigers have been sort of hard to figure. They, they've uh, at times they look really good. They they looked before they did before they were off last weekend. That maybe offensively. With Bo Nix, they were starting to figure it out. They absolutely just torched LSU, 48 points. He played his best football. Uh, and yet they're also a team that lost to South Carolina this year. Um, you know, we're beaten pretty soundly by Georgia team earlier in the year. Well, you know, when they when they clobbered LSU, that game was fairly close. And then LSU started turning it over, and Auburn started getting short fields or defensive scores. And then it kind of snowballed on LSU from there. Um, you know, so it was never really close after the first, that very first part of the game. Um, but they they are a team 
They lost a lot on defense last year, but they're not. I wouldn't say that they are a bad defensive football team. Kevin's still their defensive coordinator, who's a finalist for this job when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, uh, is one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, and they uh, they typically get better on defense as the season goes on. That game is at Auburn. Of course, we know a couple years ago Tennessee goes to the Plains and beats Auburn, which I think still to this point, would you say – that is Jeremy's best win as Tennessee's head coach, among the best couple wins anyway? Oh, I think so. Don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think certainly, you know, when you look at how badly this season has gone for Tennessee, if they could go back to the Plains and win with with how, you know, having been off last week and, and just how awful they've been in the second half. And that's, that's the thing I think most – I mean, the, fans, they, they want to see this team have a pulse in the second half. You go back to the LSU-Auburn game. It was 7 to nothing, And they just sort of with six minutes to go in the second quarter. And then they had the fumble touchdown. LSU fumbled it. Auburn picked it up, ran it back in, scored. And then Auburn just tack on another one before the half and goes up 21 nothing. But, I mean, again, with six minutes to go, it was a 7 to nothing right. game, and, and LSU had the ball. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, I – I've never been a huge Bo Nix guy, so I'm not going to be. I'm not going to flip the script because they, you know, they found a way to score 48 against an LSU team that's given up nearly 50 to half the teams they played to this point. So, you know, can Tennessee win this game? I think that that's they've got to find something differently offensively. You know, if they play like a middle school team offensively as far as creativity, like they did for the last few games, I don't. I don't think they can win like that. Yeah, Nick said not. Nick said not progress this year. I think like a lot of people thought he would, but that was his best football game. He threw for three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Also rushed for eighty plus yards and another touchdown. So that's when I say it looked like they were starting to get a little bit better on offense. That was his best game this year. Um, and now we'll see. Having a week off, does that uh, sort of halt their momentum? But I was talking about Auburn sort of being a tough team to figure out. So they beat Kentucky the first week. 29-13. That's a close football game. There was a turnover in that game that really swung the game. Then they got beat soundly by Georgia. Uh, then they come, they beat Arkansas in a game. That, let's be honest, Arkansas got job. There was a call in that game that should have gone Arkansas's way and did not. Auburn sneak squeaks that out 30-28. And then they lose to South Carolina, you know, which is, you know, scratch your head right now and try to figure out how that, that happened. Uh, and then they come back and they beat Ole Miss. Hold, actually, hold Ole Miss, and I know when I say hold Ole Miss to 28 points, it sounds funny, but Ole Miss has scored and moved the football on everybody this year. So to hold that club. Yeah, and they get a, they get a favorable call in that game, they did. too. Well, I mean, the, 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 ball, the, the bouncing ball kickoff yep. looked like it touched the kid's finger. But there again, they were able to to play good enough defense to keep Ole Miss down. And then the, the blowout win over LSU. Critical stretch for Auburn and, and Gus Malzahn. Now, Gus Malzahn would be owed – $22 million if Auburn were to want to part ways with him at the end of the season. Here's the caveat there, AP. Of that $22 million, they would owe him $11 million within 60 days. Now, only there's about three people here locally that I know that could come up with that kind of cash in 60 days. You, Brent Hubbs, and Mark Packer. But think about that. $11 million in 60 days. So, even for that group of people there in the Auburn Power Brokers, no secret. They, they've wanted Gus out now for Dude, a couple years. they've got money out there in Pat Dye's cabin. And, and, and But think about that kind of cash within within 60 days, $11 million. And then I think the other 11 would be paid, would be payable over the next, I don't know, three years or something like that. 
that's what it would take to get him. But that's why for him, these last few games, uh, Tennessee, then they got Alabama, still got A&M, and Mississippi State. So it's uh, it'll, it'll be a – you know, I know everyone says in a pandemic people aren't going to pay 11, 12, 13, in Gus's case, $27 million. And probably to do so would be an awful look. But in the, in the realm of SEC football, are you ever surprised at anything? at the kind of cash people pay for coaches not to coach and to try to get, quote, unquote, the right coach in there? I'm not. I'm not because, you know, when, when schools are, are committed to the cause and committed to winning and and, and, and those things, they're going to do whatever it takes to, to go that route. So, you know, do I think you – know, it's kind of like everybody keeps asking, you know, do you think they're going to get rid of Coach Pruitt? Do they, do they, uh, no, I don't. But, but I always say, but if they are lifeless the last four, and they've lost eight in a row, then I think the entire staff opens the conversation up for that to happen. If you lose, you know? if you lose your football team, and, and 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 at that point you've lost your football team. If you've lost eight in a row, and you don't have a pulse, I mean, look look at Vanderbilt Saturday. They put thirty five on Kentucky. Came back and played a lot better, a lot more representative, and that's why with a young quarterback. Which is why, again, it's not about wins and losses. Yes, you want to win games, but it's how you've lost. How did you lose at Arkansas? How did you lose at home to Kentucky? If they go out Saturday against Auburn and they lose one 35-32, but offensively they look different. And And the young guys are making some plays and – those type of things. I think everybody calms down a little bit. You're still going to have that fringe, you know, 10% that, you know, they get mad even when Tennessee wins a game. You know, I, every fan base has that that fringe 10%. But, with, with you know, it's all about how you play and how you compete and what happens the rest of the way. All right, fans, this season, relax, enjoy, celebrate with the great refreshing beverages that support University of Tennessee Athletics. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill. Twisted tea, real brewed iced tea with a twist of lemon. Light and crisp, truly hard seltzer. And ice cold, the Secchi Cerveza. Distributed across the Volunteer State by Cherokee Distributing. Remember to celebrate responsibly, and 21 means 21. Let's take our second break here on the nation tonight. We're at the Texas Roadhouse. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hey, fans, for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown at Hound Dogs, locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get geared up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. Visit them online at hdknoxville.com. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. It's been a privilege to partner with the Vols for over a decade. Tennessee LASIK has helped thousands improve their vision, including VFL greats, Rajon Neal and Will Overstreet. Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants you to see the Vols in 2020. 
Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. Football is often described as a game of inches, and just a couple of plays can determine the outcome of a game. At First Horizon, we know you need a financial game plan built with customized solutions that are tailored to fit your life. We understand your horizon is uniquely yours, and we're here to coach you through the choices, one play at a time. Take it from Coach Pruitt. In football, every play has its challenges. The game of life is no different. First Horizon has your back. First Horizon, the official bank of the Vols. Enjoy the world's most refreshing beer, Coors Light, all season long. Whether you're at Neyland Stadium or tailgating at home, crack open an ice-cold Coors Light, the official beer of enjoying college football wherever you are. When things heat up on the gridiron, Coors Light is there to cool things down because it's made to chill. This fall, reach for the beer that supports the balls. Mountain Cold Refreshment, Coors Light, proud sponsor of the Tennessee Volunteers. Celebrate responsibly. 21 means 21. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome back into The Nation. This is Chris Lowe with Austin Price. Talking a little college football, a little balls, a little bit of everything. The Masters today is Dustin Johnson. Really sort of runs away with it. And, uh... Talking about South Carolina, a coastal Carolina grad who actually at one point AP had a home there in Myrtle Beach. If he still lives there or not, but uh, really just sort of uh, what, what he finished 20 under? 20 under, uh, tied uh, Henrik Stenson's major record for uh, most under par and then uh, set the Masters record, defeat, uh, beat uh, Tiger and uh, Jordan Speed's record, which was 18 under par. Tiger doing it 97. Jordan doing it in 2015. Looking at some of the uh, some of the spread. Is the, line, is the line out for Tennessee Auburn? That's what I was looking for right now. Um, Although they may not be able to do that until those teams are deemed able to play. Yeah, look, just sort of looking right now across the SEC. Texas A&M, a, well, A&M's out a, a, a nine-point favorite over Ole Miss. That game's supposed to be played in College Station. Vanderbilt. Florida, a 31-point favorite over Vanderbilt. Alabama, 31-point favorite over Kentucky. Arkansas, a two-point favorite over LSU. Can you imagine? Think about this time last year. If somebody told you that those two teams are going to be playing this year, remember Arkansas in the midst of a 20-game SEC losing streak, LSU on its way to perhaps one of the greatest seasons in SEC history, that they would play this year, and Arkansas would be a two-point favorite in that game. Well, how quickly things can change. Oh, yeah. You know, you lose the right players, coaching changes, et cetera. I still say Sam Pittman, you know, I know they got spanked pretty good by Florida this past week, but Pittman's done as good a job as anybody. He and that staff turning that program around. South Carolina, Missouri, uh, Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri Tigers, a one-point favorite over South Carolina. Georgia, a 24-point favorite over Mississippi State, and I have not seen the Tennessee line, so maybe you can find it. You're, uh, you're a lot more tech-savvy than me. 
but there's uh, here it is. The Auburn a ten point opens as a ten point favorite. I believe that over the Vols this week on the Plains. Uh, so AP, I want to ask you. In fact, that, that segues perfectly into your favorite part of the show. The marathon question of the week with a full tank of freedom. You can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the American Road Marathon fueling the American spirit. Outside of Alabama and Florida, because I think we'd agree. Let's, and let's say Texas A&M, because A&M did beat Florida. You know, and I know it's head-to-head. Some people swear by it, and other people say it's your whole body of work. But if you were doing a top four in the SEC right now, you got Bama, you got A&M, you got Florida. I'd go Bama, Florida, even though they lost to A&M. I'd go Bama, so Florida, have, A&M. Have, I think Florida's body of work is better than A&M's to this point. So I'll go Bama, Florida, A&M, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia four. So yeah. I actually had – I have to do ESPN's power rankings, which is not just SEC but national. I actually had it reversed. I had – a&M a spot ahead of Florida. Now I had because they had to head, I'm sure. And that's why I had th- three of my top six teams were SEC teams: Bama one, A&M five, Florida six. And I had Notre Dame two, Here's, and I had Ohio State three and Clemson four. By the way, do you think Kyler Murray made a good decision not going to baseball? Oh uh, yeah, um, he's my fantasy quarterback. My team's terrible, but he carries me every week to lose. Um, Here's here's why I, I don't put a whole. I mean. I, I think the body of work for Florida is better. And then two, A&M won that game at home by a field goal. You know, I mean, like if they had won that game by 10 or 15 points, that's different. I think they won by a field goal at home um, in, in a high-scoring game. If that game was at Florida, I think it probably is, gets flipped and Florida wins that game by maybe a field goal. You know, I, that's why I, I think the body of work outweighs – the loss, especially, you know, of course, Florida's going to control their own destiny. If they go and beat Alabama, they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah, I, I think if, if two teams have the same number of wins and the same number of losses, I guess I'm just a dinosaur, prehistoric. I always, to me, it's the head-to-head that, that breaks the tie for me. Now, if there's, well, a, here, if there's here, a difference in wins and losses, here, here's what I know. My power ma- rankings and your power rankings don't mean a hill of beans because they're just power that's, rankings. That's not true. Everybody on that playoff selection committee consults with me every single week before yeah. they get there. Uh, sure they do. Every single week they do. See, so you're, you're mistaken there. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's um, – Somebody at home actually believes you. What, no, what, what do you think, though, when you look at – we talk about teams in the SEC struggling, Tennessee struggling, South Carolina struggling. You know, it's been a disaster of a season for LSU. But look around the Big Ten right now. Penn State, just a brutal start. And Michigan, you talk about being stuck with a coach as far as what you would owe a guy to send him packing. Michigan. There's no way he's back. I mean, he's going to go to the league. Well, that, that, now that may very well be the case. But you talk about what they would owe him to, t- to tell him to take a walk and we don't want you to coach anymore. And if you're Michigan, look at it from this perspective. Jim Harbaugh was the end all for Michigan to finally fix that program. You could not have found a single Michigan fan that they didn't, didn't want Jim it. Harbaugh. Sure. I mean, he was absolutely the savior of that football program. And for a program much like Tennessee, 
that's been down now for they've a long won, time. They've not they've not won any big games in this tenure there. But that's what I mean. But a program that's been down for a long time that has had success and has a lot of tradition that has won a national championship in the last you know twenty five years, and they bring in him and he can't get it done. Who can? Who can? I think that's probably what's got to be eating at every Michigan fan right now. Well, I mean, yeah, because they feel like it's Groundhog Day. They can't beat Ohio State. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting run at home by Wisconsin. And it wasn't even well, – losing to Wisconsin is, is, is not a big deal. Wisconsin's a really good football program. They beat a lot of quality teams. But to get run out of the, the stadium the way they did, you know, I, that, that against the Wisconsin team that hasn't played in three weeks. Tell you what, let's go ahead and um, about a minute early. Let's go ahead and take our third and final break here on the nation. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be back here from the Texas Roadhouse in just one minute. Hey, ball fans, your vote matters even when it comes to your debit card. First arising, we're rolling out a new Tennessee themed debit card. And you can help select the new card design. Vote for your favorite Big Orange debit card now through November 21st, and you will automatically be registered to win weekly prizes, include Tennessee football tickets. Simply go to firsthorizon.com forward slash balls. A lot's changed in the past few months, from how we protect our health to how we work. But for more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. So right now, it's good to know that you have short-term, individual, and family plan options, along with dental and vision, for whatever lies ahead. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. It's been a long off-season, and while this football season might look a little different, Dos Equis wants to remind you that nothing will change one of college football's oldest traditions, the proud tradition of drinking beer. Tailgate from anywhere with an ice-cold, refreshing Dos Equis. Whether you're watching in Neyland, cheering from home, or hosting a virtual game watch, nothing goes with college football like an ice-cold, refreshing cerveza. Dos Equis, proud sponsor of Tennessee football. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2020. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Valquest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. All right, welcome back into the final segment tonight of The Nation. We're at Texas Roadhouse. I'm Chris Lowe. I'm with Austin Price, and we always appreciate you spending part of your Sunday nights 
with us. As we said earlier in the show, Dustin Johnson, the winner of the Masters. Pretty weird to see the Masters AAP without any fans and to see it in November, being played in November. I mean, I'm, gl- hey, I'm glad that we, we got to see the Masters, period, this year. But it was it was odd to see, see him playing that course and nobody, no patrons out on the course. Yeah, there were specifically a couple of holes. Um, you know, I thought the tee shot on 14 where there's normally a 100-yard long grandstand right there that where people watch 13 green and then 14 tee, nothing there. And then left of 15 green, um, you know, were, were the two biggest kind of like, whoa, look uh, to the to the course. Um you know, but hey, we only got to wait. What what did Jim Nance say? 142 more days until uh, right. until the 2021 Masters. So, you know, sign me up again. All right. So so this week against uh, against Auburn, I know we talked a little bit about what fans want to see, and not so much you know winning losing down the stretch is how the team plays. There's going to be a lot of speculation out there. If Tennessee doesn't win, and certainly if they don't, if there's not a feel that this team's getting better about whether Jeremy Pruitt's the guy for the job or not. Fair or unfair in his third year, uh, in a COVID year. Of course, you know, it, it's not like other teams aren't facing the same challenges in a COVID year. But what do you think, and, and I'll, I'll have my own thoughts on this, what does sort of Jeremy need to show and prove? I, I said over and over again, I think it's as a head football coach, can he manage – an entire program? Can he manage personalities? Can he can he press the right buttons with people? Can he wear all the different hats? He, does, is, is he emotionally, you know, because head coaches have to be even keeled, right? And I think one, one of Jeremy's strengths is he's such an intense, passionate guy about football and coaching and teaching and developing. You know, can, can he keep that channeled in such a way that it doesn't spill over? And I think that's what a lot his players, his coaches on his staff, a lot of people are going to be watching that now as they go forward the rest of the year to see if he indeed can channel that. Well, I think that, you know, again, when he first got here, he had never done this before. So he's still learning. Um, You know, in my opinion, all those things that you just said are exactly what he needs to be able to show. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Chris, the fans at home don't really care, you know, about how you manage the players. They just, what do they care about? It's wins and losses and and then how you play. It's wins, losses, next up how you play, and then all that other stuff you just talked about kind of. But if, when, if you're doing those those small things that you're talking about, the other stuff comes. So, um, you know, they've got to find a way to, to – to, figure things out. He's called for more creativity and more explosiveness on offense. We'll see if Jim Chaney does that because Jim Chaney calling plays like uh, I've never seen Jim Chaney call plays before. All this running. I mean, think about it. When he was here the first go around, everybody talked about how pass happy he got. There been, you know, there were points last year. Everybody talked about how pass happy he was. And all of a sudden now he's I mean, like, I, they're not running the wing tee, but I mean, like, the they hand it off like they are. I mean, you know, they don't. They just what they're doing from a schematic standpoint is just so different than what he normally has done. So well, it's hard. It's hard to beat teams that you are not better than personnel-wise, 
when you're running the football and running a more pro style. And that's not – I'm not just directing that to Jim Chaney. I'm just talking period. And that's why you see some schools that they'll sort of find their niche, offensive coordinators, do some things differently when they're not better. I mean, if you, if you have Alabama's offensive line, you know, and, and Najee Harris at running back. Yeah, but nobody plays football that way anymore. Right, I know. But I mean, like you look around college football. And even they don't. Even Bama doesn't No, play. no Bama doesn't. They, they throw because, it down the field. Because why? Because Nick adapted. He adapted. And yet they still have the ability to bully. To do it, yeah, if they, they need, need to. to. You know, I mean, you get down the goal line, well, they're going to go to the old bread and butter. But, you know, to get there, they're not going to do that that much anymore. They, they want to score points. Nick's very, I don't know if he's very comfortable, but he's, he's adapted to being more comfortable I can, in winning games 56-49. I can assure you he's not jumping up and down about But he, kno- but it, but he about knows he, you have to, to, to keep up with the Joneses, you had to adapt offensively. And going back to your point a minute ago, he wants to win football games. Yeah, he don't care. You know, he wants to win football games. It might not be. To quote him, was it a few years ago when he said, is this what we want football to be? <laughs> well, here we are now about five years later, and it's what football is. Yep. And, and so Tennessee's going to have to learn to start playing football that way because if you're an offensive recruit, you know, we had Ty Simpson on this, on this show, you know, earlier in the year, and I think Tennessee's got a great shot for Ty Simpson, but – he was at Ole Miss last night. Now, you compare what that game was to what Tennessee is playing offensively like. Now, you tell me what you'd rather play in. Well, as I said a minute ago, because that was a big win for Lane and Ole Miss last night. You know, I, I say a big win, the way they won. But it's not like on the record, you know, on the field, record-wise, that Ole Miss has just been. Yeah, that's right. They're the same team Tennessee as they played one more game now. Yeah. But, 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 but the way they play and the way they put up points and the way they throw the football it's more around exciting. the park. You know, how unpredictable they are on offense. And their quarterback's really, really good and really entertaining to watch play. Yeah, There's more of a entertainment value. People people see that kind of offense, fancy that kind of offense, and they project. And he's also, Lane's also got some young players that are going to be there. So you look at that team and a lot of that nucleus coming back next year, and they got a chance to be, you know, really, really good. I mean, you put up seven. I don't care who you're playing. You put up 700 700 yards. yards. You know, against your gray white team back up when you were playing in Morristown, that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. And it's a reason why, you know, recruits and fans get excited because they like to see points scored. You know, I mean, again, Tennessee's calling games, and I said this after Arkansas, they're calling games like 2009 Alabama. Run, run, maybe throw depending on third down and, or on third down and distance. And then just not make a mistake, and and lean on your defense. See if you can win a low-scoring game. Look at how, well, look at the point totals of ten, when Tennessee's on their eight-game winning streak. Look at the point totals. Tennessee didn't win games forty-two to thirty-five. They won games 17-14, 17-14, Those type of things. I think they crossed thirty-five points is it two or three times in a ten-game stretch. But, Everybody's but, scoring thirty-five. But but still, last year you're you're right, and yet t- t- fans were hopeful because they saw progress, and they weren't lighting it up, and it, it gets down to just winning, you know, most of the time. You know, most of the time. A, a year ago, a year ago, Nigel Warrior, Daryl Taylor, Daniel Batuli, they they were there on 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 the defensive side that kind of cured a lot of ills. And you, and you got and you play you play to your your strengths and you play complimentary. There's still such thing yeah. as complimentary football. And if you're good on defense and you can get after the quarterback on defense, 
you play to your defense. You don't want to put you. And Tennessee but Tennessee did, can't get home defensively. Right. They they're giving up a million yards across the middle of the field, so thus they're going to have to score points, and they can't. And that's my point. They were a different football team last year. They could play more to their defense. They can't do that this year. And, and that's what's sort of hamstrung them, and that's why it's been frustrating for fans. And you're right. It's, it, it gets down to, and I, I still think for Tennessee fans, it's been such a long, hard haul here. They want to see this team beat teams that matter, i.e. Bama, Florida, Georgia. But you certainly can't lose to teams that Tennessee has historically beaten. Kentucky, they haven't lost to Vanderbilt in a few years, but Vanderbilt, those kind of teams. All right, AP, we'll, uh, we'll do this again next Sunday night. Tennessee will have gone, assuming there are no COVID issues, to play Auburn on the Plains this coming Saturday. I'm sure you'll be down there. We'll look for your coverage. We are glad that you were able to join us tonight on The Nation. We hope it's a great Sunday evening, and we'll see you next week right here at the Texas Roadhouse. So long, everybody. You've been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group, the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service 12 area east tennessee restaurants by marathon featuring top tier clean gasoline for peak performance stop by your neighborhood marathon station marathon fueling the american spirit by university eye specialists helping you live life in focus since 1935 and by dosekis nothing goes with college football like an ice cold refreshing dosekis cerveza keep it interessante and please enjoy dosekis Responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation is also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State. For more news on college sports and the SEC, this is The Nation.